Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Gordon and alongside my brother Neil, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday, we will aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore anything and everything that interests us. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Developing Dads podcast, episode number 88. I hope you're doing fine in this wonderful afternoon or morning or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, it's currently Sunday mo- Sunday afternoon for us. Um, I think this is the first time I might have recorded a podcast mid-afternoon. It feels a bit feels a bit odd, but we're just having a chill day in the in the Greenhorn household up in Scotland, and I think Gordon might be doing the same. But this topic of discussion is going to be um, what's it, like quotes we've heard and maybe used day to day. And um, Gordon quite rightly um, noticed that two out of three of mine are, are Ryan Holiday slash Stoicism slash Marcus Relius, depending on on what you want to read. But um, yeah, it was quite front of mind because I went on a run this morning and Ryan Holiday did a fantastic podcast with Steve Bartlett. And I've listened to it three times. It's, it's been that good. So yeah, it's just a great reminder of, of Stoicism. Um and that kind of thing. So anyway, without further ado, like we always do in this podcast, we're going to ask each other how we are, what we've been up to. And it's been about a week since we last spoke. So Gordon, how's things in in Downham? No, no, you don't, you don't live in Downham anymore. How's things in Surrey? Do you call class at Surrey? Yeah, great. Thanks for the intro, Neil. Appreciate it. The, um, the title of the podcast is slightly less towards quotes than it is uh, advice you might have received over the time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, all good. Uh, pretty busy. Kind of a busy week. Sometimes I, I think I'm not busy, but then I'm like, how the hell did we get to Sunday? So something must have happened. Well, basically, I always have my daddy-daughter day on a Monday, so that's nice. So it's just me and Olivia. We usually, we, we've been doing little kickers, which is football, which I think, I think she really enjoys it. But It's hard to the, tell, though. <laughs> yeah, it is quite hard to tell. And with that, I think we've probably done enough of it for her to get as much out of it as we can. And now I think we're going to do some like swimming lessons and stuff. So leading up to her, just leading up to going on holiday and stuff and just that she's been kind of out of practice of it. So I'm keen to kind of get her back into the swing of um, a little bit of holiday kind of swimming prep sort of thing. So we did that on a Monday uh, and then sort of through Tuesday to Friday, it's kind of been just work i think really i mean to be honest i'm trying to think of what i actually did i mean i got my haircut on friday and then everything else has been kind of some editing and then meetings and and whatnot so that's been that's been good uh i actually started reading again i found my i found my old kindle and i also didn't realize that my kindle was is now nine years old wow which feels uh that that's a bit weird <laughs> to think that i bought it nine years ago and i've used it that little uh <laughs> And I'd also forgotten about books that I'd clearly purchased on my Amazon Kindle that I'd, I'd bought in paperback now, some years later. But anyway, so I've gone back to the Kindle just because it's easier to hold. I can carry it anywhere. Um, it's a good reading experience in the bedroom because it's backlit and it means that I don't have to have a light on to be able to read it, etc., etc. And I've started reading uh, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations book, which... It's been on a list of something to read, so I've started reading that again. 
uh, or reading it for the first time, which is it's kind of interesting to think that it's, you know, a thousand odd years old, 2000 years old. Um, and it has some bits and pieces. I've got all the way through it. So been learned do, reading that, which has been quite nice. So Neil, Neil will be obviously absolutely delighted about the fact that I'm reading Marcus Aurelius and it's got anything to do with the fact that stoicism, because I think he's probably going to get a tattoo at some point. Um, <laughs> Um, I've, I've got the, the meditations book. I think it's very, very good. And it's pretty mad how a lot of the stuff that Marcus writes about is pretty um, on point in terms of what we go through. And it's, as you say, 2000 years ago. Yeah, but yeah, I think we kind of look at our lives and think that they're all very different, right? And they're not really. Yeah. You know, there's obviously, there's obviously advances in things like medical uh, technology and, just general technology in itself and standards of living are living are obviously higher and we live longer and we live healthier lives than we ever have. But at the same time, there's kind of a constant, right? Things like dying is a pretty big constant. You know, money was something that was then and there's certainly, there was class structures when money was involved during that. Like he was an emperor, right? So he, uh, he ran the show. So basically he got all the money and there was obviously poverty involved. There was conflict all the time be it from a micro perspective in terms of family conflicts and uh, friends conflicts all the way to war, right, between countries. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, there's no mention in it of, like, some of the interesting political things that we struggle with today. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, where, where men can compete in female sport, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he's not necessarily got those, but those are those are of the time, I guess. Um, you know, his time was there were slaves, right? He had slaves, and and in fact, he's been quote, he's, he's quoted in his book of not necessarily against slavery, which you know I think a lot of us would disagree with, right? So, yeah. which I'm also surprised that that book's not been cancelled for or burnt or whatever <laughs> else, whatever whatever anarchist type of attitude people take. Um, so that's been my, my kind of week to start. Then yesterday, uh, on the Saturday, I had a my first actual like in-person live event where I guess I was like leading it and teaching it and doing also bits and pieces. Um, so I've been working, part of my business, I've been working with a few videographers and creatives in terms of helping them build their businesses, you know, quote clients, pricing, managing how they're doing things, um, giving them feedback on the work that they're creating, just generally being there as a sounding board to help them scale and get better and build a business that they're proud of and happy with. And I've been doing that and it's it's been great, actually, really good. And I think having an in, in, in real life event where we all come together, come away from our laptops, come away from behind the cameras and actually talk to each other was, was brilliant. And it was a really nice affair. Uh, we had a three hour sort of creative workshop where we went through various scenarios of working with clients and sort of shared our experiences and uh, I added a few things to it. And then we came back to mine and I got the big green egg on and had uh, 3.6 kilos worth of picanha uh, on the big green egg and then played some ping pong, ping pong and that was it. So it was great. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, was, it, was it a bit awkward? Did people get on well? I mean, no one started punching each. No one punching each other. So that's probably know, a, a plus. It's like, it's like when you go to these networking events, which is kind of similar, to, I guess, what you were doing. And like nobody knows any. Like nobody knows each other. So it's like breaking ice. And but are at your networking events? Are you all there because of the same thing? Like, yes. are you all like expertise in just one thing? Uh, no. So the ones I've been to are generally like just business. So like business owners or entrepreneurs or 
So it could be could be anything. But. So it's pretty broad. So you, you've you've actually no idea really what they what like dislike. Whereas, like if you're a videographer, you probably like cameras. <laughs> so it's quite easy to discuss certain <laughs> things. True, but true. but yeah, there's there's you know there's always kind of the icebreaker, and it takes that it takes the one person right, the person who's running the thing, to ask questions and bond each other, and you know open people up to discussion and thought and all that kind of thing. So I guess that's what I used was that that played played on that, and it seemed to work. Everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. I mean, no one's really going to say otherwise. But uh, it was just it was just more really interesting to have a collection of people that I've been working with for the past sort of seven or eight months this year, and bring them all together so that they know each other and they can share their, their thoughts and feelings about certain things. And yeah, it was great. Actually, it was really good. I really, nice. really enjoyed it. So I'll probably, I'll probably run one again at the end of the year and, um, yeah, yeah, basically enjoyed it. That's all I've got to say. Um, how was your weekend? How was your week? Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a mixed bag to be honest, just a bit of a roller coaster of busyness, but socializing and, yeah, there's been a, and this is this might get people some, people down a little bit, but for some reason in this period of my life, over the last two or three weeks, there just it seems to be around me people are going through some some hard shit, and like, I don't know, one of our friends has been diagnosed with breast cancer, one of our friends' kids has got type one diabetes, um, another one's dad's dying, and then the most tragic one is uh, the a colleague at my dad's. Uh, a colleague at my work's wife and um, was having her second child and didn't make it which oh, wow. yeah just it just kind of puts life into perspective so this week's been a, a lot of like contemplating things and what's best use of my time and i guess being grateful for for my health my family's health and that kind of thing so yeah life short but anyway apart from apart from that i went to the fringe with um a friend have you been to the fringe before gordon I've never actually been to the Fringe. It's something that uh, I probably should have done at some point, but it's probably not anytime soon. But yeah, yeah. So the, the, the Fringe, I kind of we went on a, a Tuesday night, which is notorious for like two for Tuesdays. So you get you buy one ticket but get two shows. So I spent six pounds and I saw this hilarious comedian. Um, he's kind of up and coming Scottish guy from Glasgow, and he was just absolutely hilarious. So. Yeah, yeah, and some acts you can see that are really shit. Other acts you can see are, are really good. So that was a nice experience. Um, work's really busy. Was like toying with the idea of coming down to London with work at short notice. That didn't transpire. Um, so that kind of left things up in the air a little bit. A little and friends around for a barbecue. So, yeah, socialising, but also the kind of cloud that's around us of just bad things happening to, to people around you which is not very nice yeah not so good um i'm not sure we're, we're still recording the podcast but uh your microphone's gone a bit funny i don't know if it's oh. if it's decided to switch or something that's gone off now excellent what we'll do is we'll, we'll work on neil uh, trying to fix his podcast uh, uh microphone and see what kind of happens but uh, he's, is he back? Maybe not. No, he's still, his microphone's still not working. No, I'm still back, but it's MacBook Pro microphone. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had, this is the 88th episode, so it's, uh, it's maybe working, it's maybe not working. Maybe Neil could uh, mute himself while, uh, while we're listening to it. Um, 
anyone's got to this point and they're still listening, then uh, they can clearly hear Neil in the background doing some bits and pieces. <laughs> it's um, yeah, like I can see the device, but it's not wanting not wanting to connect to it for some reason. Excellent. I'm glad glad this is happening during the recording of a podcast. Which is annoying because we normally try and get some decent quality. Anyway, why don't you start with the topic of the day? Uh, yeah. Shall we mute you, Neil? Because it sounds like there is a tornado going on in your room. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there any way you can try and fix it while we're just live on air? I mean, it's not really a bother. There's only like two people listening to this, so who cares? Oh, I can change your input myself. No, I can't. I can't do that. So we've got no microphone. AirPods. Here we go. Maybe Neil's... Have you plugged it in, Neil? Trying again? Yeah, so it's all plugged in, but it's just not letting me select it. It's all grayed out. Excellent. What should we do, Neil? Because it sounds like there's a tornado in your... Uh, <laughs> in your room. Don't know, mate. So are you not plug? Are you plugging it in, plugging it out? Like, what's the? Yeah, so it's unplugged. <laughs> and right. then plug it back in, and I can see the device in Riverside, but it's just not not letting me select it. Excellent. Maybe, maybe you can come out of the call and then come back in again. Try that, Neil. Yeah. Try it. Bye. So, uh, so I'm just going to basically sit here while we're recording and um, not really say much, to be honest. And we'll see, <laughs> see if it comes back on. This is, this is the thing, like the Riverside recording uh, software. It's very, very good and it, when it works, it's perfect. But clearly it's not necessarily working very well. And it, when it doesn't work, it's super frustrating. Because I really like to just upload this podcast and go from there. We're back. There we go. Right. Not after that interlude. I, I blame Riverside. Yeah, it's like it works when it works. Um, anyway, we have a topic today, which was actually not so much quotes. Like, I don't think I'm really interested in quotes. I, I guess we are quoting people when they've said things. But it's more like advice that we've heard, or I've heard, certainly, uh, over my time, and then just kind of exploring what was said and how it was said. Um, and perhaps even if it's affected us or what, what kind of, uh, yeah, what kind of feelings about it I have. Um one of the first ones is actually from a guy called uh, Alex Ramosi. He's kind of been pretty, pretty incredible in terms of his rise on social media um, from where he's where he's come from, which was he sold a business then for about two, year, two years, pursued mass quantity in terms of his uh, social media pub, uh, publishing, I guess, across all platforms. And he goes on podcasts and he's got some interesting things to say. And then one of the things he, he came across, he said, which is kind of fitting for kind of fitting for today's like millennials and gen z's i guess is that the idea that confidence isn't shouting affirmations in the mirror it's stacking undeniable truths that build confidence outwork your self-doubt and that to me was like well it's true because you know when have you ever stood in the mirror and said i'm i'm a confident young man yeah never and it's quite also easy to because now you get you get participation medals, right? Yeah, people just kind of yeah. Neil's nodding. Neil's uh, so you get participation medals, and you just kind of get like part. There's no, there's no like 
it's like, oh yeah, well done, you did all right. Like, there's the, no, nobody now says no, you actually didn't do very well. Like you didn't yeah. put the effort in. Everyone gets a gold star. Everyone gets praise. Everyone gets a sticker in class. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's bullshit. Because <laughs> yes. because it doesn't because it one it one day especially with especially outside of school like one day you're going to be told you're not good enough because you won't yeah. get the job or you won't get the partner that you wanted or you won't uh, be able to complete the thing that you thought you'd be able to do like a run or a, a weightlifting thing or whatever else. And that will quickly tell you that you haven't either done the work or you're just not capable of doing it. Yeah, I know what you mean. So then when, you, uh, when you're trying to build confidence of some kind, it is about stacking things that ultimately turn around and say, look, you know the thing. Like yesterday when I was doing my live event thing, like I know my subject pretty damn well. And I know it well enough to be able to present and talk about it. So that's where there's confidence. So I don't have imposter syndrome. There's, there's none of that. It's simply a case of I've done it for long enough. I've read enough on it. I've said some things, made some mistakes. People have fed back that to me. Or I've fed it back to myself because I've made the mistake. And then that's it. That's, it's, it's a stack of undeniable truths, right? I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. And I know you how to sell. You've business. You've got clients. Yeah, yeah like an exactly. So I just, I, I find it quite interesting, certainly for today's kind of, certainly our kids and growing up and whatnot. It's like, I don't want them to just have participation medals. I want the confidence from coming from the fact that they applied themselves, put their effort in, made mistakes, rectified them, and then did it again. Yeah. And then continue yeah. to do that over time. And then eventually you get confident in the thing that you're doing. You don't just get it because you turned up and, you know, turned up. Yeah. Like we're going through with Isla, we're going through riding a bike and the boys mastered it really quickly, but Isla kind of just stuck to her scooter and now she's just wanting to get her bike. So we bought her a bike over the weekend and um, she's been out with that a few times now and it's just trying to build her confidence, but not like overly hype up. They're kind of, well done, you're doing great because she's still not mastered it yet. And it's just like that. Yeah. To kind of taper it. What's well, constructive? Well, it's constructive, isn't it? It's like, how did you, how did you, how did you feel you got on? You know, did you feel better this time than last time? And, yeah. and assessing it. it, like you say, it's not a case of uh, you're unbelievable. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's like that only happens when you actually are good at doing the thing. You can ride the bike fast. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I guess the the next one uh, for Neil, it, the next one for you, Neil, is. Um, what, what, oh, which one are you going to choose first? We're, we're back now. I, I'm going yes. to choose the prepare, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So this was advice. I think I, I actually got when you were like bodybuilding. I don't know if it was from you or whoever, but when you kind of go into the, the bodybuilding prep, you're preparing your meals and stuff. And you, if you want to lose weight, the general best thing to do is do some meal prep, get your lunches planned out for the week. Um, and there you are. And, but that's kind of stuck with me no matter what I do. So it, whether it's work, with a presentation, with a speech I'm writing, or um, go take, taking the kids swimming, or anything like that, if you, if you prepare, if you fail to prepare, then you're probably going to you're probably going to fail. So I, I live by that. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite pessimistic. <laughs> it is, it is. But I think, I don't know, I, 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 I try to achieve a lot, even, even if it's looking at the weekends or looking at my day. And, the simplest things of like leaving my running stuff in it, stuff out this overnight or the night before and being able to stick it on in the morning and go for a run really quickly. It's just setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Helps a lot. And 
Yeah, do I, like have you heard that that quote or phrase before? It's commonly used. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't disagree with the idea that you're if if you prepare that you do set yourself up for you you you're if you prepare your glass is half full. Yeah. Rather than you know the idea that if you don't prepare then you might fail. Because there's plenty of people that have not prepared for things and done very well. Like, look at Usain Bolt, for example. He ate chicken nuggets before he did a 100-meter run. <laughs> is, know, that good, is that good preparation? The wider picture is he probably ran six, seven times a week. and Sure. Did a bunch so of stuff. So it, depend, yeah. it depends on like what, what situation, you, I guess, you're kind of discussing it in. Um, I just feel like if you're... Yeah, I think the more I reflect on that, the older I get. It's kind of like, well, if you... If you think that everybody who's been successful in life has prepared, then you're in for a bit of a shock. Because yeah, not everyone not to prepare. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't. No, absolutely. Like you should you should organize yourself and your what you're doing and how you're doing things. But I guess it's like prepare to fail. It's like if you just fail to prepare. Right? If you if you haven't put the work in, then do you think you're going to be successful? And some people might say yes, and some people might say no. Rather than like if I haven't done anything, then there's no way I can I can succeed. Well, I doubt that. Like yeah. you can still like work on instinct, right? It's raising the chances of of succeeding. Yeah. So how would you reframe it if that was the my argument? Um. M- m- yeah. Maybe just prepare. And, but you might not fail. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or even like even i guess you're looking at it as as if you do prepare and you do fail then that, that quote goes out the window yeah so I, 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 exactly I've, exactly I've never, <laughs> I've never not i've never not prepared I've, I've never sorry i've never prepared and had a bad outcome that can't be true did you fail your driving test first time no for, you passed both, first time both my theory and my practical okay so was there any test that you took that you prepared for and you didn't get an E? Um, yeah, definitely. But that's like that's not the that's the best outcome, but it's still a, a good outcome's a B or a C. Did you fail any of your exams at school? The the exam I failed in college is and I definitely didn't prepare, didn't revise, didn't Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that was I the only one. Of, I can't think of yeah, I can't think of a, 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 something I failed. And a fail to me is not getting any marks. I might got a C or a B, but um, yeah. Because if if you you still attended the classes that were part of that exam, right? I know, but the preparation was to revise, like was to study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Because again, like failure is obviously like a a broad term. Because if if you were aiming for an A and you got a C, then you failed. Yeah, but if you were aiming for pass you know a c and you got a c then you've passed so it's kind of like well what's your what's your benchmark to fail because like i said if you get an a if you were aiming for an a and get a c yeah so if you if you were if if you didn't get an a in some of your exams would you say that was a failure eh no like even in my when i did reset my computing exam see a benchmark's not good enough your benchmark's not good enough neil should be an a (laughs) but so how so how would you so how would you change the the quote to to suit 
a less pessimistic outcome? Maybe just drop everything apart from be prepared. <laughs> I'm not one for, yeah, can I think of a quote off the top of my head? I don't know. Well, you said it, set, up, set yourself up for success. Yeah, as best as you can. Yeah, so it's probably, because the, yeah, I don't know, I just don't know if, uh, there's so many people I've met in my life that just rock up and, and win. Like, like, do you know they've just rocked up and won? Well, my point is, is also the, the, the ba- on the basis of what is failure, that can be a, a level of broad idea at the same time as preparation could be a broad level of, of what, what have you like me, me saying to you, you turn up at college means that you've prepared in some way because you've yeah, been yeah. part of a lecture that's ultimately taught you the thing that you're going to be <laughs> tested on, whether you've and, revised and or not. Subjective. Yeah, exactly. Like some people just turn up to classes and then don't revise, take exams and get A's. Yeah, true, true. So, yeah. One thing, one thing like my boss, Craig, he seems to be very good at, we do like a monthly all hands meeting with a company and he's very good at presenting the numbers and presenting, even if it's a, if it's a bad story, he still has managed to put a positive spin on it. Um, and like almost like I don't know. You assume he's a busy guy. He's he's not prepared for the session. He's just kind of gone into it, and he's just kind of rattling on about things that are in his head. But here he prepares for any kind of relatively big meeting, and it can sometimes be days of work of like scripting something out and then rehearsing it and then writing it down, doing slides and all that kind of stuff. So that was eye opening of like, yeah. Sometimes you might think somebody's just winging it or somebody's just yeah going by in life and not preparing anything, but the chances are, if it's some, if it's if someone's, if if someone's successful, define success. Is it what what is success? But yeah, if if you think someone's successful, I I think there's probably some element of preparation in their in their day, in their week, in their month. Or they're literally winging it. Because <laughs> yeah, if you have you ever read, have you ever read the one one thing you should do is this is this is always kind of a, a an interesting thing that I like to do because it's post part of my job when it comes to you know what's good content and what's bad content and if you were to record a meeting and then transcribe it you'll then you'll then be able to see where what's actually been said because we, we're very forgiving in terms of the spoken word and not so much of the written word yeah. so what i what i would be i'd be fascinated is if you recorded a, a meeting and then transcribed it you'd then be like does this like have you heard have, have you seen the transcription of a Donald Trump interview? I think I've seen a, a mock up of it or like it, it's yeah, it, it's horrendous. But plenty of people voted him to become president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. some people are just able to have conversations and talk in a way in which in the moment people, sounds good. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying Craig's doing that. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. but part of me is just kind of like that that sort of thing where so sometimes you've had enough experience to be able to do it right to say the right things to make people feel a certain way that yeah. you they end up sort of uh feeling like they're taken away from something or they look competent um it's just yeah sometimes it's quite nice to drill down into it because i like it because i can see a youtube video and be like this is why this youtube video is bad you know because you took one minute and 47 seconds to actually get to the point of the the actual video um and you'd be like just cut all that crap it's much easier yeah yeah 
Is that, was that your point about preparation things? Is that it? Yeah. What's your Sound. next one? Uh, this one I was listening to, Diary of a CEO. I've already mentioned it once. Diary of a CEO, good podcast, Stephen Bartlett. And had a writer on it called uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I think his book, I'm going to quote it first. Malcolm Gladwell. He has, uh, he has a number of books. I think one of the biggest ones is uh, Outliers. I think that's been read quite a lot. I haven't read it myself yet, but I, I, I want to. Uh, and The Tipping Point. And I think he assesses things like um, success and entrepreneurship and businesses and why people are good at things and yada, yada. And he said something that was actually really profound because I'd often looked at like failures of my relationships or failures in some relationships I've had as the, as the as the main component was like conflict. So you'd had an argument with someone or you'd uh, uh, had a, uh, an altercation of some kind and in some way that's sort of seen as conflict. And that was basically why a relationship would fail. That's what I thought it was. But actually, what he said was relationships don't fail because of conflict. They fail because of neglect. And it's true, right? You can always kiss and make up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if you don't kiss and make up, then you've neglected the relationship. Yeah, that's all a bit of advice. And I think it just made me realise, on a large part, you, you, there's going to be conflicts overall. And if you, if you want the relationship to continue, then you just don't neglect it. You know, you, you open you open discussion. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I have to apologize or you should apologize or whatever else it is. But from from my perspective, it's like, well, don't just don't neglect it. You know, continue to open up dialogue and discussion and go through things rather than think that once you've had a, a fight with someone, that's it. It's over. You're done. Yeah. yeah, it's very easy, especially when you've got kids around. It's easy just to get hung up on oh, we're fighting all the time or we seem to be just bickering or arguing or... But yeah, if you look in the, the bigger picture, I think it's important to invest in your relationship. Yes. Well, continue to nurture it, I think. Yeah. You know, the opposite of neglect is, I guess, nurture. So yeah. it's a case of continuing to sort of talk to each other, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. I think yeah, that's... Like, do what you guys are doing and like invest in some counselling if you need it or if you want it um, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then date night, we've got, we've done probably multiple podcasts on relationship building stuff, but... It, it was it was simply a case, and even with friends, it's kind of, you know, the friends that I don't have, the reason we don't have a relationship is because of neglect. You know, it's because the, the relationship hasn't continued because we haven't messaged each other for a while, we haven't seen each other for a while, and it just continues to dwindle. Yeah. And it goes from both sides, really. It's not not just from one, I guess. So I, I, I just kind of like, I like that framing of it because it allowed me to think, well, if I want to maintain a healthy, happy relationship with anyone, then it ultimately means that then there has to be some level of nurture to it. And, you know, how far am I gone? How far am I going sometimes not speaking to someone? How far am I going by not contacting them? How far am I going in certain sort of aspects of things? So I just, it made made me realize if I want, if I want friends, then... <laughs> You've got to put the work in, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, under a, a relationship, uh, a, a wife. If you want a wife, then you also need to put the work in. <laughs> nah, mate. Nah, we're we're sexy greenhorn brothers. We just uh, <laughs> we we get all the birds. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, if, if I think of the friendships that I've neglected, they've just kind of dwindled and fizzled away. And I know 
it's, it's scary how many divorced couples I know now. Um, but yeah, like if, if you look at that and the kind of, I don't know, I've been relatively close to, to a couple of them and there's definitely things going on behind closed doors that, I don't know, there is neglect there. They're, they have tried to invest in it, but they've not followed through and that kind of thing. So yeah, you, you can see some relationships have the writing on the wall, which is sad. Yes. Yeah, that, that's that makes it a bit more complicated. There's more to that than just than just uh, necessarily neglect, I guess, to some degree. Anyway, your next one. Yeah, my next one. So this is I don't know who quoted it, but Ryan Holiday mentioned it, and yeah, just mentioned it in a podcast I listen to. But it's something I do live by, or I do try and think about a lot. Is we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. So. I find personally that I kind of hamster wheel around in my head things that are going on, things that I maybe should have said or things that are stressing me out. And in reality, like they're, they're generally okay. Like there's, there's nothing wrong or there's nothing happening that I should be worried about or I should be anxious about. But even at work, if I've got a meeting with maybe colleagues that I don't speak to often or they're maybe more senior than me and I'm presenting some feedback back to them, yeah, I just find that in my head, in my imagination, I get worked up and... In reality, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. So, yeah, we suffer more often in imagination, I think, than, than actually in reality. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? Would you say you, I was you c- make things, like, don't make a, what's the, make a molehill out of, don't make a mountain out of a molehill? Can I go? I'm, what, I was, what I'm curious about is, like, why we do that to ourselves. You know, does that make us prepare for things better? Like the woolly mammoth is bigger than we talked about. It's more ferocious than we thought it was. Or it's not as ferocious yeah. as we thought it was. It's, it's not as big as we thought it was. You know, the problem isn't quite as big. So then does it drive us to think that we've succeeded more? Is that like, our, like psychologically, is that our brain saying to us, uh... You know, this is this is a terrible. This is going to be hard. This is going to be really bad, terrible, awful. But by doing it and then taking out the reality or 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 assessing the reality of the situation, then makes us feel like, oh yeah, we can accomplish something. We can actually do something. So it makes us go out and hunt that woolly mammoth again <laughs> to eat some more. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, because I, I now try try and dumb that voice down in my head and say like, look, I don't need to worry about this. I've done it before a hundred times. I've spoke to these guys before a hundred times. I don't need to. Get yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're, I think you're right in doing that. You know, the, the, you don't want it to be crippling. That's, that's when it's an issue, right? If, if the imagination runs wild to the point where you end up not doing it and you don't leave the whole house, like that's, that's terrible. Yeah. But part, I think part of some of it is quite good. Some of it is the driver that makes you makes you actually iron your shirt before you turn up. It makes you have yeah, a shave. Yeah, it makes yeah. you wash. It makes you like be a, a prepared human being. Yeah. Because like back to that thing of like set yourself up for success, right? Yeah. Um. So I do. Yeah, I do wonder how what that it's like the psychology behind that kind of thing, that deep seated thing. Because we would have experienced that across forever, right? That imagination thing would have driven us mad. Uh, compared to the actual reality of, of doing the thing, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have much to say. I don't have much to think about that. But beyond that idea of w- what is the driver for all that, because everybody experiences, that, I'm sure, everybody experiences the idea of the imagination. Um, because it's yeah, because it's scary. It, it's scarier to think about having children than it actually is having children. 
<laughs> yeah. Because if you actually think, if you actually sit down, Neil, and truly think about having children, they are going to cost you m- more money, more time, more sanity than you've ever, ever possibly imagined. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've However, in reality, it's not that bad. And actually, the upside is... It. It, yeah, <laughs> get used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's promote dad life a little bit harder, Neil. <laughs> Have kids. But but in the reality, it isn't it isn't that bad, and it and it's no nowhere near as is what. And I think, you know, when you're when you're young and you're in your early twenties and you're thinking about having kids, and there's so many people I talk to now that are in their twenties that say, "Oh no, I'm not sure about having kids." You know, how much time do they take away? How much do they cost? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Again, in their imagination. But I can tell you right now, it's the best yeah. thing I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands down, without question. Yeah. And I don't just say that because you have to say it. I, I say it because it's it's true. Like the the joy that they bring you is just it's immeasurable. It's off the scale. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And it's, there's like something that like I don't know what the saying is, but there's someone that give advice of like you can prepare to have a child, you can get things in place, you can have a house, you can have savings and all that kind of stuff. But um, you shouldn't over prepare and you shouldn't try and plan everything because it'll never happen. Or something like that, because if you just keep going through the motions of of planning, planning, and, and trying to be as prepared as you can, I don't know, you'll you'll never get there. How how do you get out of the imagination, Neil? Um, so I t- like I tend to. That's a good question. I tend to if and this goes back to like I'm preparing for this meeting that I'm, I'm worried about, and I think it's gonna gonna be horrendous, but it doesn't doesn't turn out to be. I generally go no no pad and paper, write things down. Why am I worried? How can I make a success? How can I prepare myself and how can I kind of stop worrying and can I make the slides a week before and then prep prep myself and stuff like that just yeah I guess so you go on practical point. you go practical, practical steps yeah yeah, yeah. I, I quite like writing things down because it becomes real yeah because you talked about imagination right imagination is in your brain you're having a, a conversation with yourself yeah whereas when you write it down it, it now becomes something in reality like it's actually, it is real now. So then it becomes more of a two-way street because you can now start to alter the paragraphs, which yeah. to, to, for, for me personally, it alters the way that I'm thinking about it. Because if I write down what I'm feeling, I can then go, well, maybe I didn't quite feel like that. So maybe the word isn't anger. Maybe it's frustration. Yeah. You know, or maybe the word is, is I'm terrified. Well, maybe I'm not terrified. That seems very strong. Maybe I'm actually just a little bit scared. Okay, well, that seems that feels a little bit more manageable compared to when you're just talking about it in your head. I don't think it, I don't think it helps. I think by writing it down, yeah, creates this this reality of some kind. Not necessarily the actual reality, but certainly creates creates a reality which allows you to have a con- an actual conversation with yourself about it. I find. Yeah, yeah, we spoke about that in, in a few podcasts. Um, and also making a list, just like, how can I stop myself feeling like this? And it generally comes back to my first point of like being prepared. <laughs> that makes that, that makes the imagination go, go away. The, uh, the next one's from my, uh, from my father-in-law, actually. He said this when we were on a trip in Bali, of all places to have, a, to have an epiphany or to Quite think about right. things. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it was, we were just actually, we were all sat around the table. Well, we were sat around this table in Bali and it was on his 50th birthday, I think we did it. And uh, we're having chats about stuff and whatever. 
And he came out with this kind of really, it, was quite, it wasn't random, but it was, it was just kind of interesting, where he said, your parents teach you how not to parent. But, you know, and at the same time, like, you don't know how to parent. So the only things you can really go off of are potentially the influence, the positive influence of your parents. But you kind of wash over those, right? You, you don't, as a teenager, you certainly don't recognize the good things that your parents do for you. Yeah. yeah. You probably take them for granted. But you certainly remember some of the things your parents didn't do for you. So in that respect, then, that's clearly the, clearly the, the unfortunate part of it. But the teaching point that comes from when you become a parent, you're like, well, my parents didn't do this, so... I'm going, going to make sure that I do. Yeah. Well, that's not to say that the that parents parents have been bad parents. It just means that they've shown you a way in which you perhaps don't agree with or wished they'd done. Yeah, so then you yeah. pass that on to your kid. You're right. You, you generally remember the the bad things that have happened or the the not so good things that have happened, um, and they become the the sticking point that you want to change about how you how you raise your kids. Yeah, because you only really remember the discipline. You only remember the time at which you are conscious. Because what is it, the first two or three years of your life you don't remember? Yeah. So it's not like you remember, like, Olivia's not going to remember the sleepless nights that Laura went through to breastfeed her. Yeah. She won't, she won't, she won't, even, be, she won't even be remotely conscious or empathetic of that because she, she never understood it. Yeah. Whereas she certainly remember when Laura t- tells her when she's 16 that she can't go out looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean um so yeah so it, it, to me i think it was really interesting because again it was it kind of flipped that idea where i was like oh that's true like your your parents actually do just teach you how not to parent and those things are highlighted and then you're like okay you know what i'm not going to be like that when i'm a parent yeah yeah and and olivia's going to do the same i, I imagine i imagine isla's going to do the same you know the boys are going to do the same where they're going to know they're going to recognize the things that you didn't do right or they feel that you didn't do right and then they're going to um you know work on those if they have if they have children i think yeah. anyway yeah no I, I, I like that and i can definitely think think of i mean yeah i can definitely think of a couple of things of our upbringings and how how i, I want to change the way we were we were brought up in a certain certain areas on a side note, have you um, have you bought your shipping containers and your bit of land, and you're about to go off grid after our last conversation? Got chickens in the garden? Uh, no, no, not yet. no. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think we'd have. House. I think we'd have more problems with Riverside than we have had today if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last one from uh, from your daily stoic, uh, Ryan Holiday. Yeah. So this one again, quite, you, quite for apparent. this. For this, Neil, I think I think after this podcast, you need to read other books. <laughs> okay, I definitely. I mean, I've got I've got bookshelves and bookshelves. Please, please books. buy yourself like the like buy some Derek Sivers stuff, Neil. Right? Yeah. This one, Derek Sivers, Hell Yeah or No? Right? <laughs> buy that book and read it. Okay, if you want some quotes or for some someone else. Cool. Um, so this one, it definitely wasn't Ryan Holiday or Marcus Reedus that got it into my head. And we've spoken about it in Jesus, whatever maybe pod, whatever podcast episode that we've done um, about focusing on your health first, that your health should be your number one priority. And this quote is all self-discipline begins with the body. And it's, it's a similar vein of you should prioritize your health over anything else because your health is your kind of cornerstone to having a happy wife and having happy kids and being there when, when things aren't going great or things are 
stressful, at least you've you've got the foundations for a healthy body. Um, so I think yes, like if you focus on in terms of self-discipline, if you focus on eating the right stuff, doing exercise regularly, being mindful about things and journaling, gratitude, all that kind of stuff, all the self-discipline stuff you've heard in, in lots of different podcasts, if you focus on that first, I think that you'll set yourself up for a, a good life. So yeah, all self-discipline yeah. begins with the body. And uh, talking yeah. about your body. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's also probably pertinent to say that that all all good things start with the self. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar. So it's that, yeah. like, because being selfish is is selfish one of the sins? I don't know. Maybe, but we yeah. we talk a lot about being selfless, right? You know, give to people, and and it certainly is. It's like one of the biggest drivers of happiness, or if not the biggest driver of happiness, is sacrifice and uh, selflessness. But I feel like you can only get to that position if you're selfish. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely agree. And and I'm saying that by in the sense that if you say all self-discipline begins with the body, then really you've got to make sure that you prioritize your health. And the only way you can do that is because like you're not going to be force-fed vegetables. Yeah, yeah, or force, you're not force going to go for a run. Or- you, you, can't, you can't go for a run without doing it yourself. Like you, you have to, it's a selfish act. You have to go and do it. So, yeah, d- d- sorry, I was just thinking about that because it, I've, I've kind of often thought about the sense of you have to start with selfish before you can be selfless. Yeah, yeah, I think we've mentioned it. Greenhorn, that. Greenhorn really 20, 2023. You can quote me in 10 years' time, Neil, when I've written my, own, my, my daily Greenhorn. <laughs> <laughs> we can start our own movement. <laughs> There's probably a few quotes we've got in a few episodes that we get put on T-shirts. That's it, right? If anyone's listening to this podcast and have listened to all of the podcasts and fancies uh, putting together some t-shirts with our quotes on it, Neil's is only just I love Ryan Holiday. That's basically just an <laughs> I heart Ryan Holiday. Uh, but you've now got a signed a copy. You've got now a signed copy of a Daily Dad book, don't you? So you... you it's, actually, uh, it's actually here. Look at that. Open at the, open at the right date, but I'll... Yeah, hard, hard back, which is quite nice. Yeah, I I went I went all out for that. You know how much they were they were quite expensive to ship. <laughs> Not gonna lie, Neil. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, because because he was running. Surprise. Did you see them? Did you see him? He was running that ten thousand book copy thing. I did, but I I, I kind of tend to ignore those things because I know it's going to be a faff. <laughs> and here you are, a numbered signed copy of your favorite author. I know what number do I have? I've got number two hundred and eighty-five. Because I got one as well. Did you? Yeah, well, I had to get two because the shipping was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no, I'm number 2,865. There you go, Neil. Daily Dad book, 2,065. Yeah. What was he doing with my one? 2871. <laughs> You'd have thought they'd give us numerical ones, wouldn't you? Yeah. Weird. But yeah, it's only 10,000 copies of uh, signed Daily Dad, so... And it, it, yeah. it's a nice um yeah it's, it's got decent paper it's it's a decent book i mean you can buy books that feel pretty cheap and rubbish but this has got some thought in it i like it well for me it was just because you, you liked you you basically would marry ryan holiday if you could <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if i'd go that far but i definitely love okay. a pint with him. They have a pint yeah 
Um, he, keeps, um, he keeps ignoring my emails. <laughs> does he? Just keep trying. Yeah. yeah. Just go. You should number. You should start numbering them. That'd be quite funny. <laughs> you should be like, "This is email number forty-seven. <laughs> We're on episode five hundred. <laughs> you should. You should actually. Yeah. You should. You should. Um, you should just start a daily email of Ryan Holiday. Just like start an harassment email list. Email thing. And just be like, this is day num- day number forty seven of the pr- of getting you on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. The, the daily developing dads harassment, and then just send him a link to the podcast every time you we, you do it, and then see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you you introduced it, so you should close out the close out the pod. I think for today. Fair. Um, that was a, I quite enjoyed that one. It was a off the cuff um, suggestion from Gordon this morning. We don't really do much prep for these things. Um, but I enjoyed that. Not, enjoyed not like it comes across or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully you took something from it. Um, it hold not. on a minute. Did, was it when your first quote, fail to prepare, prepare to fail? Fucking <laughs> 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 state of us. Anyway, we've done it now. Tick the box. Got an hour in. Um, yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Developing Dads, or on iTunes. Or yeah, iTunes is that even a thing anymore? Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify. Give us a five-star review if you can. Um, feel free to suggest a, a topic because I feel like we're we're running out. Maybe we need to look look back in the earlier episodes and see if we can reuse some 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 ideas. Because did yeah. we do a did we do a six month review of the year? Yeah, have we <laughs> done that already? <laughs> All right, quarter end of quote Q end of Q three. Is that yeah? Is, um, our hundredth episode is approaching. We're on eighty eight now, so twelve more to go. So we'll need to get something in the diary. I need to organise that guest, actually, don't I? I'm in London first week in September. So I can maybe do right. something face-to-face somewhere. All right. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully have a great week or a great end to the week, depending on when you listen to it. And cheers. All right. See you later.